What is up, my dudes? Welcome to Olympia Oddities. I'm Trista. I guess that makes me Steven. And today, we're here to tell you about one of the Pacific Northwest's best-kept secrets. Would you believe me if I told you that the Pacific Northwest is home to a specialized species of octopus that, after growing into adulthood, moves from its home in the ocean into a new home, the forests of Olympic National Park? Well, you shouldn't, because it doesn't exist, but it is a very fun idea for a cryptid, so today we'll be discussing some of the lore around the Pacific Northwest tree octopus, including their habitats, their diet, and how they move around, and we'll get into the origins of where exactly this legend all started. You ready to get into it? This sounds like a Lord of the Rings book, and I'm already just into it. I love it. I think my first introduction to the Pacific Northwest tree octopus was in elementary school. And I believe that my teachers used it as one of those, like, don't believe everything that you read on the internet, kids, like, tools. Oh, yeah. Always fun. So just an entire classroom of kids going to the computer lab, reading this, being, like, stoked on the idea, and then just disappointment. That was always my favorite part of school, honestly, when they would do, like, the whole, you know teach you about like the marketing tricks and stuff oh yeah i I, I always love that i love like peeling back the layers of that but that is that is a yeah that's a lame way to do that like that's that's fun but also yeah i get why you'd have to be like all right this is not real because i'd be the one kid that would just even still to this day but yeah no my introduction to this is you telling me hey we should cover this and i was like what (laughs) what is what According to an archived copy of the Save the Pacific Northwest Tree Octopus website, the Pacific Northwest Tree Octopus, or Octopus paxarbolis, can be found in Washington's temperate rainforests, mainly on the Olympic Peninsula. Their habitat range is said to lie mainly on the eastern side of the Olympic Mountain Range, running alongside Hood Canal. They grow in size until they reach maturity at around 30 to 33 centimeters. I'm going to look up what that is in American later. It's tiny. That's all you need well, to yeah, know. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> One of the many things that makes them different from usual octopi is the fact that tree octopi are amphibious. They spend their early life in the ocean, only returning during mating season. Because of all the rain and moistness in our rainforests, sorry, I used the word moistness, and due to specialized skin apt adaptations that the octopi have gained through evolution they're able to stay out of the water for extended periods of time though they do enjoy and prefer resting in pools of water see this just gives me like cooler but yet a little more terrifying frog vibes yeah i love the idea of like walking down to like a creek in the forest and just seeing like an octopus laying there chilling on like a rock It reminds me of like there's this story of a pool of water somewhere on this island that got severely flooded and just got a bunch of jellyfish in there. Like it was flooded by like a tsunami or a hurricane or something like that. And I guess the power of the storm was so much that like now they can't sting you. And now people just go there to swim with jellyfish that don't sting you. That's cool. I want to go there. We'll look it up after this. I don't remember exactly where it is, but uh, yeah, we'll look it up and see if that's still a thing. And if like, I'm just a jackass telling weird stories. Tall tales. Yeah. Making me believe stuff that's not real. (laughs) But I remember hearing about this and I'm like, oh man, if this is real, I want to do this. I'm about to get my dreams crushed so hard later. At least least Newfoundland Island is a thing and we're going to do that. What's special about that? Just where the big lab dogs are from? 
Yes. Okay. And, well, no, and there's 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 like specifically an island that's just overrun with those docks. The big Newfoundland. Yeah, <laughs> I can never say that word. <laughs> Newfoundlands. Yeah, yeah. They, I want to yeah. go to the Dog Island. Aren't there? Isn't there one in Japan too? I believe so. Yeah, but that one's that one's a little bit different. If I remember correctly, don't they have like a bunch of different breeds of dogs there? I don't no? know. We're so or... sidetracked now. Now we're just talking about animals in places where they shouldn't really be. Because it's cute. It is. How about how about that whale that ended up in like the Amazon rainforest? While we're talking about animals, that oh, or recently the grizzly bear that washed up on wa the Washington beach. Yeah, where that... that thing come from? I don't know. I did hear well, a theory Canada, that probably. apparently, like he just <laughs> Canada probably, but I did hear the theory that like apparently he just he was eating a fish, choked on it, and then fell in the water and died, and then was swept away by the currents. While I start pulling at all these wires in front of me, but uh, that's a that's a theory. I just, there's a lot of steps in that theory. I, I buy that he like fell into the water and like died or something, but I just like he, he choked on a fish and then he <laughs> fell into the water. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of like things that all had to coincide perfectly. <laughs> all right, back to the octopus. Another trait unique to the fictional tree octopus is the ability to use their tentacles to grasp tree branches and pull themselves along. The website says that this type of locomotion is known as tint tentaculation tentaculation and i have yeah. no idea if that's a real word or a real thing but i it am is now. choosing to believe that that's what it's called you know when like octopus in the ocean where, yeah. where they live and belong not in the trees how they like you know when they do that thing where they like kind of like walk yeah that's what i that's tentaculation i don't know if it really is but I according to the i this website if i took away one thing from this tentaculation this type of motion is often seen while they are hunting as the tree octopus commonly eats small rodents frogs or eggs in birds nests they find among the branches tree octopus are said to have similar eyesight to humans that's unsettling that is terrifying while the tree octopus might not outright tell you that you've upset it they do change colors depending on mood red indicates an angry octopus white means that they're scared and mottled brown is their usual color, which helps them camouflage better with their surroundings. Oh, do you like my new necklace? I got a, I got a mood octopus. <laughs> the octopi return to the ocean for breeding season every year in the spring. They head for the shoreline and eventually make their way home to their spawning grounds in Hood Canal. Once they've arrived, they hang out with the other octopi and try to find a mate. This is the only social time in their life, and they are usually private and solitary creatures other than this. After the male fertilizes eggs, he returns back to the rainforest. The female will find a safe place underwater for her eggs and attach the egg strands. The female stays and guards her eggs until they hatch, which they do with such intensity that they often neglect to eat and die in the process. So they sound like pretty chill, docile creatures, except for like one portion of their like lifetime slash year where they're just like, hey, you want to fuck? And then it just it just calms down and then they all just fuck off. Can we appreciate the detail, the intense level of detail that the creator of this hoax like put into like they really thought of everything. <laughs> they We've really got did diet, that. habitat, their mating season. I like it. I love I love the I, I just love how far they went into this. This is great. After they hatch, the young octopi will spend the first year of their life in Hood Canal and even occasionally as far as the northern parts of Puget Sound. 
When they finally grow to their full adult size, they come up out of the water and find themselves a new home in the trees. The Save the Pacific Northwest Tree Octopus site claims that while you can't find them on the official endangered species list, the creators feel that the tree octopus should be added. They say that the numbers are critically low and have been caused by habitat loss through logging and development, the building of roads which cut off access to the waters where they spawn, and predation by predators such as house cats. They also say that the octopus's natural predators, the bald eagle and the sasquatch, you know, naturally, have booming populations currently that are just, they're just doing numbers on the Pacific Northwest tree octopus. Who knew that Sasquatch, like, loved, like, land sushi, land sushi, excuse me. Calamari. He probably roasts them over a little, like, campfire. Dude, I kind of want to try land sushi now. I want land calamari. I don't know what that means, and that scares me. I mean, (laughs) yeah, that does sound questionable. (laughs) Sounds like a Rocky Mountain oyster. <laughs> Same energy. Land sushi. Yeah, but you know what? I would try Rocky Mountain oysters though. I'm a weirdo. Call me tag me a weirdo, but I would try I would try Rocky Mountain oysters. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I might be missing out on something there. I feel like I could be. I don't know. It's like bison meat. I didn't think bison was gonna be good, and then I tried that and I was like, oh, this is like better than regular beef. To quote the website on why they feel like the Pacific Northwest tree octopus should be added to the list, they say, What few that do make it to the canal are furthered, further hampered in their reproduction by the growing problem of pollution from farming and residential runoff. Unless immediate action is taken to protect this species and its habitat, the Pacific Northwest tree octopus will be but a memory. The possibility of Pacific Northwest tree octopus extinction is not an unwarranted fear. Other tree octopus species including the Douglas octopus and the red-ringed madrona sucker, which were once abundant throughout the Cascadia region, have since gone extinct because of threats similar to those faced by Paxar bolus, as well as over-harvesting by the now-illegal tree octopus trade. You see, before modern-day conservation efforts were instilled, the Pacific Northwest tree octopus suffered a really sad history as a species. During the earliest Early 20th century, the bird feather plumes found on the hats of the wealthy quickly fell out of fashion as another trend took over. Tree octopus adorned hats. Dude, I kind of, I kind of want one now. Wait, let's let's. I got I got an even better idea than than a than a hat ornament that is an octopus. Let's start a car company with a hood ornament. Let's bring back hood ornaments. Where the hood ornament is a little 3D octopus. Okay, I'm here for that. Right. I thought you were going with like living octopus, and I was like, okay, I'm here. I'm here for bring back the hood ornament. Hell yeah! But I'm not not if it's a living animal. No, if we were like back in like the 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 1910s, maybe the 1890s, maybe live then. But now, no. To keep up with the demand, trappers had nearly wiped out all the local population to keep up. Luckily, the trapping and hunting of tree octopus has since been outlawed and has fallen out of fashion. The timber industry also initially fought back against protective measures set up for the octopi. They were viewed as a nuisance, preferring the habitat of old-growth forests, and because they would occasionally be inside of a felled tree, when they were run through a sawmill, they would gunk the entire thing up and get ink everywhere. Many loggers began to consider the tree octopus a sign of bad luck, which resulted many of them just killing any that they found on site. Some even spread a rumor that the tree octopus was known to attack humans. Leave them alone! Which certainly didn't help their reputation. 
And the media in this area took full advantage of this very real fear, publishing stories of tree octopus harassing lumberjacks or kidnapping a damsel in distress. It's important to note that these papers were printed on cheap paper made from wood pulp, and they benefited greatly from creating anti-octopus propaganda. (laughs) Sorry. I wrote that and I was really excited to say that phrase. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the older generations still hold fear around the tree octopus, but education campaigns have been successful in helping to educate people. Loggers develop special octopus separators at sawmills, and now coexist rather peacefully alongside the tree octopus. Wow, that's a it's a great advancement in octopus technology there. So who created this insanely detailed yet incredibly fun legend about this fictional tree-dwelling octopus? According to a Library of Congress webpage, yes, I had to go to the Library of Congress for this episode out of all of them somehow. Kind of red. Yeah. So they had a link to the original Save the Tree Octopus website, which is like, unfortunately, no longer active. So you got to like way back machine it to look at it. It's worth it. (laughs) Definitely go and check it out. It's so much fun. You can easily kill an hour there just like reading all the fake like sightings and looking at like the bad Photoshop pictures of like them in trees and stuff. It's really fun. (laughs) That's amazing. So, the website was created in 1998 by Lyle Zapato. The webpage wasn't originally created this reason, but like I said, it's often used by schools to help teach their students media literacy. However, the webpage does dispute this in their frequently asked questions section, which has a section called something like, why is my teacher trying to deny the existence of the tree octopus? This is their answer. Your teachers have been misled by anti-tree octopus propaganda from textbook publishers. The book publishing industry consumes 30 million trees a year. Many of these trees come from logging activity on the Olympic Peninsula that is encroaching on tree octopus habitat. Efforts to protect this habitat and save the tree octopus are seen in some of the publishing industry as a threat to their profits, increasing the cost of wood pulp used to make paper. (laughs) Consequently, publishers, especially those in the politically powerful textbook sector, have embarked on a disinformation campaign against the tree octopus. (laughs) Unlike the timber industry which in previous centuries fomented fear of the then-plentiful tree octopuses to encourage mass cullings to stop their pulp products from being ink-stained by the octopuses stuck in the millworks, (laughs) book publishers are instead fomenting tree octopus denialism. (laughs) Since 2002, over 40 textbooks and teacher's guides have been published that call into question the very existence of tree octopuses and instruct teachers to work this propaganda into classes unrelated to biology or ecology will it be more likely to be accepted uncritically (laughs) furthermore publishers have tied this denialism to the meme that the internet is making kids dumb (laughs) the industry's self-serving solution is that kids should get off the internet and of course read books instead book publishers hope that the youth of today will be tree octopus denialists of the future and that this generation's lack of concern will end the tree octopus problem for good please don't fall for their hoax (laughs) oh my god i'm out of breath that was my like best alex jones pretty much (laughs) (laughs) if you feel compelled to help the pacific northwest tree octopus and you should how could you not from their sad history of adorning hats to being killed on site by loggers for merely existing i'm 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 a believer um they also covered that in their frequently asked questions under i would like to donate money to the pacific northwest tree octopus how can I do that? 
they said, if you must give money to ease your conscience, donations to help the tree octopus should be given directly to the tree octopuses. Here is how to donate. Travel to the Olympic Peninsula. If you are a minor, ask your parents first. Stand in the tree octopus's forest near a tree and hold out a dollar bill. If you stand still enough, eventually a tree octopus will come by on a branch, reach out, and take the bill with her suckers. She will continue to return for bills as long as you hold them out, so bring lots of singles. She will use them to line her den in the trees, as the bills will soak up rainwater and keep her skin moist. Given the current value of the dollar, this is the most cost-effective way to help. Please note, do not give them coins. While they are attracted to shiny objects and will gladly take coins, the toxic metal in coins, especially copper, can easily absorb into their skin and poison them. Paper money, checks, stocks, or certificates coupons etc are all preferable and make better nesting material this is amazing so basically this is just telling me that the tree octopi are busting it out for singles yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's it's like a strip club you've got to make sure you got a lot of ones on you or a drag show got a lot of money for tipping beautiful and they'll take it as long as you keep giving it so we just took a break because a train rolled through and I told Stephen to like look at the website, and we just Googled it, and it did pop up, so it is still active. And it is fantastic. Yeah, and we went and we found that they have a merch store, and they have some really awesome posters. Uh, there's a bumper sticker that I really want to get that says, Research the Tree Octopus. There's another one that's like, I break for the Pacific Northwest Tree Octopus, and, it's and like I that- vote. And it's kind of like that generic, uh, that ribbon, you know, the support the troops ribbon, but it's a tentacle. And it's like all bendy and twisty and these are awesome i really like that one that's like the old kind of like naturalist illustration of that one in the tree so oh, that one's so good definitely go check out the website oh uh, it's 1850 for the poster hey go get you guys a bumper sticker i think that, that would be i want to see i want to bring back pacific northwest tree octopus bumper stickers i want to see them on every single car in the pacific northwest by 2023 i agree with you i agree with you they also have, oh man, they got a Raglan, like the baseball jersey. Uh, and you know, I've been like really loving those recently. I might actually get one of those. We're about to buy out the merch store, the Pacific Northwest Tree Octopus site. But thank you for listening to another episode of Olympia Oddities. If you want to support the podcast, you can leave us a five-star review, tell a friend about us, or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Olympia Oddities Podcast. We also have a TikTok at Olympia Oddities. I've been trying to be a little bit more active over there. We're always taking submissions for episode ideas to cover and listener stories. So if you want to send in something, you can DM us or email us at olympiaoddities at gmail.com. We also have a buy me a coffee set up um, to help us fundraise for Pacific Northwest True Crime Fest. Where we'll be performing a live episode in October. Super excited. We can't wait to do that for you guys and hope to meet you guys there. I'm Trista and you can find my personal Instagram. Instagram? Instagram. Instagram at Saloon Ghost. I'm Steven. Uh, you can find me at Jimmy Spoons McGinty. Uh, I've actually taken up the spoons recently. It's, it's pretty, pretty exciting. Uh, sorry, that was dangerously close to one of my ex-boyfriend's last names. Uh, oh, until next time, friends, don't believe everything that you read on the internet. And uh, research tree octopus. Or do. It makes life a little bit more entertaining. I love you.